Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Thanks for joining in to the Wellspring Podcast. If you're ready to be encouraged, but also challenged to live a bold life for Jesus and get rid of the old useless traditions of man, well, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into this week's message. Isn't God good? He is good. I'm glad you're here today. I really... um, I've uh, been praying for everyone here to, this week. I've been praying for you. Heidi and I, have, our hearts have been going out for you. I know we don't get to see everyone every day, but we know that you're out there doing a good job. You are out there working, and you're out there moving forward and the best you can, and I just want to say you're doing a good job. You know, I, I, I see many, and you might be saying, well, you don't really know what I've been doing. You're here today. That's a big step. Okay, and I, I, I know that there can be a lot of other things that could get your attention, um, but I do believe <clears throat> that you are, you're doing a good job. You're moving forward with what God has for you, and hopefully every time we meet together, you can get a little encouraged, and we can become a little bit more like him. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I want to encourage you with a few things today, and uh, I, I'm... My personality is I don't like to waste a whole lot of time. I value your time. I like when people value my time. And I've been asking the Lord, say, Lord, give me your words. Let me speak your word to make a big difference. You know, a spark can create a big fire. Right, Jesse? A small spark can, can create a big fire. And a lot of times that can be a real destructive thing. But sometimes it can be a very beneficial thing, you know. And so I'm praying that the Lord, the Lord kind of fire, the God kind of fire that keeps us from freezing out in the, in the world. I think culture is not getting, it's not getting easier to live for the Lord. It's not getting easier. Satan is trying to make it more difficult He's the 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 cold is pushing in. Y'all, you know winter winter's kind of here. We had some cold mornings. Who, who woke up a morning and like you felt it a little cooler than normal? Like, oh, I need to turn some heat on. Anybody feel that? You're like, whoo! You kind of feel it pushing in. Whoo! What's what's happening here? <clears throat> and unless you turn on a heat source, unless something gets turned on, it'll just keep getting colder. I'm here to tell you, it's not really getting any, any warmer for the Lord out there unless we take it out there. It'll push in. So it's all the more reason. And we go back to the Old Testament where it said, keep that fire burning day and night. Your passion for the Lord will not just be automatic. We tend the fire, rake the ashes from the past out, put some more wood in. Amen. Y'all ready to put some more wood on the fire today? Come on. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that you would just do a mighty work through your word. This word that you've given me, just encourage your people that we might may be equipped to accomplish your purpose for us. Lord, we love you and we believe that we are called according to your purpose. And Lord, our faith is in you that no matter what happens, 
whether we feel like it's good or it's bad, we trust you that you will turn it around because we love you and we are called according to your purpose. So, Lord, your will be done in our life. Could we just declare that in our own life? Say, Lord, your will be done in my life. I submit to you, Lord. I submit to your will. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for bringing us here today. Thank you for building strength in us. Thank you for ministering, again, that scripture that we shall not, you have not given us a spirit of cowardice, of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We thank you that you are faithful to complete the work in us. So we let us be found faithful to you in our words and our deeds that our heart would not be far from you, but we draw close to you. In Jesus' name, everyone says amen and amen. <clears throat> if you want to put a title on this today, I, I, don't, I don't know. Sometimes I feel, feel like I fall short on a really cool title uh, to these sermons. I've got this message, but if I had to title it, I'd start off like this. It's from the prayer room to the push broom. From the prayer room to the push broom. You know, we encounter, we have this encounter with the love of Jesus that changes us. You know, it changes me. It leads me to, to love a life serving him. And it plays out in, in devotion to him, following his word and worshiping him and serving him and loving and serving people. That's what Jesus does in us when we encounter him. It's just like we, we encounter his love. And the response to his love is we just, we want to serve him. We want to worship him. And that comes out through loving and serving people. Those that truly want to follow Christ spend time praying. It's not just a prayer meeting. We have prayer, prayer on Wednesday nights, it's fine, but most of you guys don't come to that. So I'm hoping you're praying other times. So I, I'm not, it's not a plug to come. I'm just saying, are you praying? Are you living a life of prayer? Not just giving him your list. Not just heal my headache. Oh, help me feel better today. Yeah, not, not just that, but talk to him, connect with him, because God, had, you may not know this or not, but God has a pretty broad and large vision for mankind. And it goes beyond our headache. It goes beyond a pain in our foot. It's a little bigger. Does God care about those things? Absolutely. Can we come to him and pray? Absolutely. But I want us to shift from just our immediate, temporarily, few-minute need for right now to broaden it up that God is doing something. He sent his son, and he, he, he left the divine privileges of heaven to die on a cross to save mankind, the ones that would call upon him for salvation. And so hopefully we're praying. If you've... You want to follow Christ? Any Christ followers here? Hopefully. You're praying. Communicating with him. You're communicating with Jesus in what we call the prayer room. Anybody have a prayer room? 
where is this room? Well, it's anywhere with me. I mean, I just, sometimes my prayer room is my five-acre field. I just go out there. I got a little chair. I just put it on the edge. I just sit. And just, Man, that's a big, nice room you got here. Just fill that up with prayer. Just begin to commune with the Lord. Just talk to him. And, and communicate with him. Speak and listen. It can be anywhere. But the key today that I want to bring to this is that when we come out of the prayer room, do we pick up a push broom? If you do, that means you're doing it right. Am I praying right? When you come out of your prayer room, do you pick up a push broom? Now, I'm using push broom as a metaphor. It could be an actual push broom. right? You may need to sweep. But I'm using this as a metaphor for serving. That it's not about my needs, but about the needs of those around me. If we go to the prayer room and we don't come out seeking to help others, to serve others, then we haven't been in the prayer room. You've been in the lazy room. Because if we connect with the heart of Jesus, we're going to connect to the kingdom ministry. And you know what ministry means, right? Ministry is putting on your jacket and getting the microphone and standing up and declaring and decreeing the word of the Lord and stand, no it we must reevaluate our our idea of God has called me to the full-time ministry this is but a small part of the ministry in fact in the New Testament ministry there's a few words, I think there's around five basic words for ministry, and they all basically mean being a waiter or a waitress, being living a life of servitude from a place of love, which we know God is love. We're all called to the ministry. If we've given our life to Jesus, we're called to ministry. If you can push a push broom, then that's you're qualified. You don't have, have to go to Bible school. You don't have to go to an online certification. God can call you and ordain you through what Miss Susan said this morning with your yes. I don't understand all about theology and doctrine. Do you know Jesus loves you? Has he done something for you? He served you. Could you serve somebody next to you? Start there. And then along the way, you start reading the Bible. And you start learning of him. And you start moving forward. And then we go back to that prayer room, that prayer place. And he ministers to us our own needs. He helps us. Okay? Listen, we've ministered. Heidi and I minister. We're, we're all about <clears throat> getting ourselves strong. But it's not just so we can look good, it's so that we can be strong for service, so we can be strong for purpose. Amen. It's the same thing with our spirit life. We come to him and he helps us not be um, totally paralyzed with anxiety and depression. 
And we know that's not God's will for our life. Amen? But it's not just so we can be happy. Right? It's not, and, and just stop there. It's so that we won't be weighted down so the joy of the Lord becomes our strength so then we can go out and we can be a light and help those under us, next to us, even above us. Amen. So if you, if you don't pray in the prayer room um, in a way that causes you to come out and pick up a push broom, you're doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong. Don't waste your time. When you go into the prayer room and you don't come out and start thinking about how you can help your spouse, how you can be a better servant, how you can help lead people, how you can help disciple others, just be a, um, a help to those that are around you, then just skip the prayer room because it's not doing you any good. There's been so many times in my own personal life that I've gone to the prayer room. Again, we know that could be anywhere. It could be a prayer walk. It could be, and I'm, I am, I am ticked off. I'm angry. I'm a fit to be tied. Forget them. I'm so fed up to hear. How dare them? All that I've done for them. And I mean, I, I'm just going down the list. And, and it, I get this picture, you know, afterwards, like, so I get this picture that, that Jesus is just kind of like, letting me get through like are you done yet and I get to that place and and then I, I I start coming to him and then next thing you know for me in my own life if I you know somebody did me wrong there's an offense Jesus we've had enough conversations with through his word he'd be like yeah yeah you remember that king and the unforgiving servant <sighs> he doesn't a lot of times God doesn't even have he knows I know the word he just says there's a little quick and kind of reminder <sighs> and I start communicating he begins to show me my self-righteousness you know my self up you know like self, what do you call it? I'm just, I get off my high horse, you know what I mean? And it's like, but he's, he's kind about it. But I come out of that, it's just amazing. I can come out of that in my, my whole Alex changed. And I want to go do something for the person that I'm mad at or angry with. Okay? Real talk. Come on. That's, that's real faith right there. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road. Because when we spend time with him, it's not so we can just feel better. It's to realign ourselves with his will and his way. How many of you ever hit a pothole in the road to where it's like knocked your car out of alignment? And you got to go get that alignment. It's like we... We've we, we got very sensitive front ends to our vehicles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like by the Spirit, we get, we get knocked off all the time. And each day when we come and we spend that time in the prayer room, he realigns us. 
I don't want to drive on the ditch on the left. I don't want to drive on the ditch on the right. I want to go up the straight and narrow his way. It's a lot smoother on the middle of the road. Have you noticed that? You have seen them reels where the, the person goes off the side of the road, you know, bouncing on the side, and they come back on, whoops. If you just stay on the road, it's a lot easier, right? And, and I think about that. He's, you know, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's because we can avoid a lot of things if we would just follow his way. Amen. <clears throat> How many believe we live in the end times? Anybody here believe that? Anybody watching the news? Many are, you know, you, you hear this a lot. I hear a lot of ministers that I respect and say that the conditions are closer to World War III than we've been in a long time. And our trust has to be in him. We start watching all the things on the outside, and we, there's so many different voices. I want to hear his voice. I don't want to stick my head in the sand. I ministered that a few weeks ago. We don't want to just stick our heads in the sand, but we want to be obedient children of God in what he's called us to do today. Can I get an amen? amen? Turn to your neighbor and just push them on the shoulder, make sure they're awake. We're going to read some scripture. 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 is talking about end time conduct for us, end time like ethics. <clears throat> can, I, can we go through this? This is just going to help align us in this time. It's, it's crazy. You know, we got to keep praying. We'll keep praying for Israel. We keep praying for our government. We take that place and we pray and we believe. And then we go on and then we do our best each and every day to minister to those in front of us. Amen. Amen. We say that all the time, that our vision is not bigger than the person that's standing right in front of us. Amen. My vision's big. Well, don't, you know. Forget about the ones that are right around you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. It says, the end of all things is near. Well, that's, that sounds comforting. The end of all things is near. I mean, what if we had a bullhorn with somebody on the side? The end is near. You'd be like, what are we going to do? We're going to dig us a bunker. Are we going to, you know, what, what, is, what are we to do? But here it says here, the end of all things is near, therefore. Okay, you know what's coming. Therefore, this is what you're going to do. Be, so, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Interesting, huh? First thing to start, when the end is near, when things are happening and there's signs, you're like, oh, man, it, I don't know how near, but it's nearer. We, we know the last days, I don't think it's the last days, it's the laster days. Some say with the ender days. The end days, it's ender. It's, it's closer, and it's closer for a lot of people. But it says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. And then as we pray, we connect with him. Let's look at verse 8. Above all, 
maintain constant love for one another. From the prayer room to the, come on now. I want somebody to be to ask you, what did pastor preach? Something about the pushing the broom in the hall room. I don't know, what did he say? No. From the prayer room. End is near. Pray. Stay alert. Don't stick your head. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hear anything bad. Oh, no, no, no. Pray. Be alert. Be sober. It's not a time for drunkenness and just, oh, we don't really care. No, be sober. Be alert for prayer. Remember he told the disciples, just could you pray for an hour? Our temptation is here. We know that the temptation is basically temptation is in a nutshell um, the temptation to not do the will of God. All temptation can be summed up in just that that draw to not do the will of God, whatever it may be. Above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Okay, the end is near. Be alert. Pray. Keep loving one another because you know what? Ain't nobody in the room perfect. There's this thing that the enemy is trying to come and be like, church is full of hypocrites. Yeah. The clinics have got a bunch of sick people in there. The hospitals, can you believe? Listen, we're on a journey, all of us. We're all humans. We fall short. He is perfect. He is our goal. He's our prize. Amen? Verse 9, be hospitable to one another without complaining. The end times is near, so be nice to one another. Without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others. As good stewards of the varied grace of God, if anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified. So that God may be glorified. Come on, we sang that this morning, all hail King Jesus. Come on. So God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. He's not called us to be alert and watch endless news and start wringing our hands and shaking. He's not called. Be alert. Personally, I go on there. Okay, what's happening for today? I I try to find a couple of trusted news things and try to find out what's the as close as I can, like kind of what's happening. So I kind of know, and then I turn it off and I pray. I pray, my prayers are long distance missiles. Yours too. No distance, you can pray and then go shoot across the world. And I believe that we join in together with Jesus as the intercessor and we pray with him. But then we need to come back to our own world, love one another serve one another and pick up the bush broom 
Why? Because we just came out of the prayer room. Matthew 23, 11 says, The greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts him will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The voice translation says it like this, If you are recognized at all, let it be for your service. Delight in the one who calls you servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The greatest thing you can do is serve those around you. He said in another place that he said they'll know you by your love for one another. In serving, okay, think about the military. When it's Veterans Day or you run into somebody that served, what do they say? Thank you for your service. Ooh, okay. Learning how to defend. Learning how to guard Learning how to protect is a great act of service. Come on, men. Where's my men at in the room? Where's the protectors? I know women can protect too. But listen, men, one of your primary roles is to protect through service. As you serve and you protect your spouse, your children, your church, your communities, it's not up for up to the government to keep us safe. Oh, it, it's part of their job. But in our places, wherever we are, at our jobs, at our work, at our homes, we serve through protecting. Amen? Amen. Look around the room, all the men. Make eye contact. Look around. If something ever goes down, these are our brothers. We're here to serve one another. Amen? Watch out for one another. The enemy is out here roaring. He's, he's looking for whom he may devour, but he's not going to devour anyone here. Because we've got people and we've got men that watch out for one another. And we pray, we serve, we protect. Amen? For many, serving is not associated with strength, grit, expertise, and war. But yet... We say thank you for your service. To join up in, in, a, in arms to protect those, thank you for your service. And this is for all of us, men and women alike, that when we begin to pray for our children, when we pray for those around us, and we, we are taking up our place to serve through prayer, associate that not with... You know, it's just what I can do. No, associate that with strength, with grit, expertise, and war. Because the enemy is looking who for he can devour. Amen? So we'll stand serving one another. Remember Nehemiah? They had a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. We're building... And we're also fighting off an enemy. Come on now. Jesus, you know, he, was a, he came and defeated the enemy. Jesus came to serve. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
And Jesus, through serving, came as a warrior. And you know what he said he did? It's a very, it's, it's a battle word. Destroy the work of the devil. How did he do that? We know that he broke the back of sin, death, and the grave to give us new life. Can I get a witness? Amen. But he also knelt at the disciples' feet before the Last Supper, and he washed their feet. Jesus is our greatest example of being a servant warrior. He came to destroy the works of the devil, but he served even the smallest of these. You know, for being not the children to come to me. He's, he's, I remember reading a book when I, in my years and years ago when I was, um, had a, some men of God pouring into my life. I read a book called The Man of Steel of Velvet. You know, that you have the aspects of steel which is strong, right? The steel beams that hold up this building when the storm comes, right? If we just put pretty material out and it's all beautiful when the storm comes, it's just going to blow it away. We have steel beams. We have steel in the, in the foundation that represents strength, pillars to hold up the walls, keep us safe. But how many uses a chunk of steel for a pillow at night? You know what I mean? Like, and there's this balance of steel and velvet that God has called his men to, to operate in. Amen? That, that Jesus came in the most violent way, and he, he destroyed the works of the devil. He went to those, to ascended earth, and he took back, he paid the price. He suffered on the cross. I mean, you think about what he did on the cross. He went through so much pain. He was strong. He was, a, he was the greatest warrior that we've ever known. And he paid that price. He took, he gave up the divine privileges of heaven. He went through that pain. He went through that serving, uh, that, that, that um, hor horrific thing in his natural human body because of his love for us. And now he goes before and he's preparing a place for us in heaven. Amen? Amen. I'm excited about that. We're not there yet. But Jesus, he came to destroy the works of Satan. First John 3, 8 says, The one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Amen. Y'all getting anything out of this? Amen. All right. Prayer room to the push broom. You know, a boss runs a company to make money, but the people that work there, it, it's, it's, it serves the employees when you think about it. They get to work, make money, and able to feed their family. A husband serves the needs of his wife, protects, empowers, empowers her so she can free accomplish her purpose that's God-given. Amen? We serve those under us, children. We have those that teach in youth and children's church. We, we serve them and lead them to Jesus 
pray that they don't know just the God of the Bible story. I mean, know the Bible stories, but know the God of the Bible stories. Amen? And that's a great act of service. Our service is to bring good to those around us. This, in turn, creates an atmosphere that is healthy. Many feel called to the ministry. But let's not forget what ministry really means. Like I said earlier, the words in the New Testament translated in ministry in simple terms mean service given in love. Waiting on tables, service. But done in service to God as a response to the love of Jesus rather than an, a reaction to the merit of others. <clears throat> I'm going to say that again because we need to get this. Service to God as a response to the love of Jesus rather than the reaction of the merit of others. What does that mean? I'm not just loving you because of all that you've done and, and I merited you that you've been good and so now I'm going to love you. I love you because it's a response to God's love to me. It's, it's a response to God, not a reaction. Because if we live reactionary, then when you do something I don't like, then I'm not going to love you today. But if I live in response to God, say he loves me, and you know, you didn't love me today, but I'm still going to love you because, see, God still loves me. And so it's a response to his love. But far, far too many times, and I see marriages going down the drain all the time because... <clears throat> This concept of, of serving one another according to the other's merit, you know? And for it to be successful, then the husband and the wife both must come to terms with, I'm going to love because of God's love birthing and growing in me right. even when they fall short right. Right. okay just and this is very generally speaking and there's a lot we can talk about but it's an overall heart that does not use the word fair all the time Amen. if you are married and you keep using the word fair then it's probably <clears throat> we're not saying that things aren't fair right you may have been doing a whole lot more than them. But we're saying to for that to continually rise as a question or as a concern could be an indicator that you're only concerned about what they're doing for you. And it's from that place that if you're not careful, it can lead to more troubles and more disconnection rather than trying to get to the real cause of this. Amen? I'm not trying to go into a big, long marriage thing today. But overall, Jesus, it wasn't fair. What he did wasn't fair. You think he got a fair trade? You know what I mean? He wasn't, well, hmm. They're going to mistreat me. Many are going to turn from me. And, you know, I don't, God, I don't know if that's going to be fair or not. It didn't really enter into the equation. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The love, because God is loving, what he wanted to do was to make a way where there was no way. And it was before we loved him. Therefore, it was not according to our own merit. And so when we go to the prayer room, he will begin to show us how to love before they love you the way you want to be loved. God's love is always preemptive. Amen? You guys ready to eat? Almost done. Last scripture. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now I'm on my way to Jerusalem, compelled by the Spirit, and not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in every town the Holy Spirit warns me uh, that chains and afflictions are awaiting for me, but I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course in the ministry. Everyone say ministry. And the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of grace. I want us to tie that word ministry to serving. That when we come, because we, we, when we go and we spend time with him in the prayer room, we say, man, that's, boy, that's really going to get the ministry going. That kind of sparks one line of thinking in our minds, and we're the one that does this. There's nothing wrong with that statement. But when I say, you know, when I go into the prayer room and I spend time with him, it really brings me out to just really learn how to be a servant. It, 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 in our minds, it sounds different. But it's the same thing that when we come before him, we come out empowered to serve those around us. Amen. So the call for us today is, I, I, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I, I do believe the end is near for a lot of people. They're coming to the end of their natural life for whatever reason. The end for, for the, the end it's closer for some than others. Personally, you know, I see what's going on, I'm like, Lord, I it could be three days or another three hundred years. I don't know, but Lord, I want to be found faithful to serve you. But you have given us your word and it tells us what to do when the end is near. Be alert, sober, sober for prayer. Love one another. Care for one another. Amen? So keep that in. Maybe read that this week. First, First Peter 4, 7 through 11. Speak God's word. S serve those around you because it glorifies Jesus. Who wants to glorify Jesus? You know, I know we, we raise our hand like, yeah, that sounds good. But, I mean, when you really get that in your heart, I, I do want to glorify the Lord with my life. Amen. So I get past what's going on and I get a little broader vision to love and strengthen and serve those around us. It can be in the smallest things. The smallest, how do he does the smallest things that bless me? Just the smallest, just the smallest words. Just, we kind of make it hard sometimes, don't we? You know, there are power in your words. And I'm not talking about speaking this faith force to, to do some. Just 
when I speak where, man, I just love you and I appreciate you. You're doing it. Hey, you know what? I saw you went through that. And you, you know, I know that was hard, but, but don't give up. You just, you just keep going. Those words are very empowering. Those words right there. Amen. amen. Spoken by faith can move some mountains. But not in the way they're like, you know, we stand and we decree a certain way and we just speak to the faith force to move mountains. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about using our words to build the kingdom. Actually speak a word. I want to speak to you. I want to help fill you with courage. How many like to be encouraged? Okay. To be encouraged means to fill with courage. And there's some battles to fight that people are not wanting to fight because they're lacking courage. And when we use our words to speak into their life, it helps fill them with courage so that they can tackle it. I, <clears throat> I tell you, growing up, I, um, I remember having pastors and men in my life that they would just, I mean, my ears were tuned in to hear some something from them. Like, good job, son. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's just, those words, how many knows what, knows what I'm talking about? Just the smallest things fill you with courage and, and they, they encourage you. And so that's what I'm talking about with the power of our words. Let's don't just use them out here and, you know, yes, pray, yes, communicate with him. But using our words to encourage, hospitable, and love one another so that Christ can be glorified and his will can be done on this earth. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Get anything out of that? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. If you're not living for Jesus today, I, listen, there's a lot of things that are trying to pull us away from him. Just, it's almost just like from the time you wake up till the time you go to bed, there's going to be things that are going to try to distract and steal away from your relationship with Jesus. So I'm here to tell you today, make time. Spend some time in that prayer room. You don't have to be super, you don't have to have music in the background. Say, Lord, I don't understand this. I, I just come before you. I just trust you. Just the smallest, simplest prayers and then be quiet and let him speak to you and watch things that things don't change. Amen? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for my friends and family in the room. God, I just speak courage into them. God, I thank you that, that many of they've gone through trying situations, trials and sufferings. But I just pray, Lord, that they might be filled with courage. And God, I speak that, that you have not given them a spirit of cowardice, but of power, love, and a sound mind to accomplish your will in their life. And Lord, we long to see you face to face someday when I pray that we, will all, we would all hear those words, well done my good and faithful servant. So, Lord, help us not to be distracted by the news of this world. Let us not get knocked off, off our center, Lord, which you are our center. Lord, that we may be found faithful in your kingdom, that we would seek first your kingdom before any of the other things. And, we, Lord, we know that what we need we'll have. But, Lord, our heart, our eyes are to seek first first your kingdom 
Jesus, we love you and we thank you today. In Jesus' name, everyone says amen. amen. Give somebody a hug. Yes. Okay, real quick. Susan's sharing something real fast.